Welcome back, Jacob. Were we on a break? Uh, break. We were on a three-week break. Three-week. But we're back. (laughs) We're back to Outrun the Bear. To the intro. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying. I was trying. Actually, I can can edit it there and take you out, and then you can just do your intro, and that's what we'll do. (laughs) Okay. Once you've finished chuckling. (laughs) God. Welcome to Outrun the Bear, a podcast where we discuss video games with your host, me, Jacob, and you, Adam. Hello. Hey. I feel like that's a rare occasion where you responded to that very quickly. I agree. I agree. It seems like I think the most of the time usually... you pause and you're like, hmm. is he going to say oh, my yeah, name? that's me. Is he going to say Adam? My... No, sometimes I'm like, <laughs> is, is he going to say my name this time or do I have to say it? <laughs> Would you rather I said your name? I don't know. I feel like it's, you should say your own name. Okay. All right. I'm glad we've established that 52 episodes into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, if we were doing an episode a week, we've Gosh. only been doing this for a year. I just, why does nobody hire us to do professional podcasts? I, don't I mean, more professional podcasts, because obviously this, this is, is very a professional, professional podcast. Exactly. Very, mm-hmm. very. I logged into uh, Anchor and it was like, you currently have two listeners based on current no <laughs> really well because it only looks at like the last seven days oh. and so we hadn't released an episode past seven days so oh. it really drops off okay, but well, it don't, just don't it made me laugh things. when i logged I wanna, in i like i imagine that we have a, a cast of thousands that listen to this and they're all like folks that are like learning english for the first time and they're like mm-hmm. they're growing up on our voices and they're like oh these yeah. these two they really they really get it and they're also using some like software to avoid tracking the fact that they're listening to it so we don't get any analytics on it yeah i think that's i think you're right you might be right that's why that's why it's like they're very secretive listen learning listen all of you two listeners out there if you can just tell somebody about the podcast that's the big biggest thing you can do for us you know and then we can you know what i will listeners yeah you know what i will say mm. uh i discovered recently uh more friends listen to the podcast and i realized so i will say that we had a couple other people who reached out to me and they made a comment to me and i said wait you listen to it and I'm like yeah yeah i do yeah and i was like i'm surprised i just didn't nobody ever said somebody that, so. also that i didn't expect and I, they I guess they'd heard it through the grapevine they were like hey so uh so you know you know a thing or two about podcasting i'm like yeah what like how, oh. how do you know more about my life than, than i've told you <laughs> <laughs> But uh, anyways, our marketing campaign is really is really working. Well, I yeah, I expect that once we get that that final signature on that Xbox ad, uh, that Xbox deal game, that we Game Pass, yeah, written in co- uh, crayon and sent <laughs> over to Xbox and haven't heard back from. Yeah, yeah. I keep but, tweeting it oh, to that... them every day, but <laughs> it's just and I just get you're blocked. <laughs> um, <laughs> What does it mean? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. I assume that means they're invest, like they're looking into they're the wording and the language like just, around the contract. They're like, just wait a moment. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That's right. Uh, All right. Yeah. Well, we're we're gonna have a short little talk about games, but mainly our experiences playing Diablo Four, since that is a new thing for us. Yes. Uh, in the last weeks, at least the released version of it. Yes. Um, and then we're going to really dive into the Xbox showcase that uh, appeared during the summer. The non-E3 uh, E3. 
Yeah. Yeah. Then on three E three. It was a what is it? The summer game fest. Summer game fest. Yeah. So apparently the yeah. big rumor is is that uh, I've I've kind of hopped through a whole bunch of podcasts over the last few weeks. It's been a really exciting time actually to listen to podcasts because so many people are talking about all the stuff that's been announced. It's just it's fun to hear a lot of different perspectives because you you get them sort of all over the map and yeah. uh, some critical ones and some like really like hype ones and uh, all to say that. E3's like they E3 companies basically said, yeah, like, you know, we're figuring out how to reconfigure or whatever. But the general census is that Jeff Keeley's just kind of killing it and that everybody likes the way that it does it, they, that he's doing it, that the um that the whole the whole press version of E3, where like the press are going out yeah. to try and do things, like it is dramatically cheaper and easier to do it this way than to right. do it like the traditional E3 way. Um and people are still traveling and going to going to like to these events types of things and getting but there's just not this huge amount of like fanfare that there used to be um and it's all more produced and scripted and whatnot and um yeah it seems really popular and right i'm, I'm kind of for it i mean i i thought summer games fest was okay i'd watch the some of it and what i haven't watched is there's a tremendous amount of like after videos i don't know if you've checked any of them out but there's lots of like, like podcasts and other groups that just kind of like journalists generally that are sitting down and talking to developers and like they'll sit down for an hour and just grab people off the like after the events and just sit down and chat and it's, it's yeah it's really neat it's it's really cool yeah. to see and uh, some tidbits come out of these things of course right but right yeah 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 that's neat yeah so we'll talk about that yeah, for sure yeah for sure let's talk about some games we've played though first and then we'll go do that yeah i think that's All what, right, you what are you said. doing uh what are you doing these so i went and watched spider-man the new spider across the spider-verse movie Holy mm-hmm. smokes, is that a good movie? I highly recommend it. I mean, it's not a surprise. I think everybody could probably just say, yep, the first one is good. This is more of that. It's good. That's uh, nope. good. Yep, that's kind of the answer for that. The, I think I forget just how much I really enjoy Spider-Man as a, like a, as a comic book hero and as a, like, as a character. He's a funny, charismatic, like, do-gooder. And um, I... I just love his whole shtick. I think it's wonderful. And I think the way that they've run with them in so many ways. Um, I was telling Jacob earlier, there's a great Planet Money uh, NPR episode around uh, around Spider-Man and how Sony owns the rights to it and how how Marvel's done this magical thing where they've really been able to cross like a lot of their heroes through the different uh, universes, through their different, like they've been able to do a lot of cross-pollination of their characters and created a lot of like, diversity i mean they took they took all these comic book heroes that just weren't really big comic book heroes and they made them huge like iron man wasn't anywhere near what he is like in comic books he wasn't that big of a deal but he certainly is in like the marvel cinema universe right um so uh here's sony only owning like a small slice of the pie of like they've only got spider-man and that's a, the, the episode's interesting because it's really all about how they've got this crazy license for spider-man um but then they had this genius idea to like, well, what if we made a universe of Spider-Mans? And so they took all of the, and they all, a lot of, a lot of these Spider-Man ideas already existed. And yeah. uh, and then they just sort of ran with this world of like, it's really worked. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, anyways, all this to say, came home next morning. Kids are like, let's check out the Spider-Man game on the PlayStation. Yeah, we did. We installed that. We swung around a bunch. It was really fun. Um, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to play this again. Um, but, but 
that same day, uh, happened to be my son's birthday and he received uh, Jedi survivor. And, mm. um, uh, so Spider-Man got parked immediately and Survivor got installed. <laughs> now, ironically, um, Survivor got, uh, uh, well, completed by one kid and basically parked by the other. And now my now he's back to Spider-Man for a while. He's we've got a lot of Spider- Spider-Man vibes going on here. So that's cool. Gotcha. So I, mm-hmm. I also would like to get back to it. And it's occurred to me, I have not played the DLC and I haven't played Miles Morales. Um, oh, so yeah. I'm going to go back and revisit uh, Spider-Man shortly, I think. Um, on the PlayStation front, I also checked out The Pedestrian, um, which is a game oh, that came out a couple yeah. years back ago. It's a puzzle-ish type game where it's got like uh, kind of like signboards, if you will, like what you might see. Like they almost look like they're like street side. signs. Yeah, street signs of sorts, and and just kind of blank, kind of like yeah, street signs. I think is probably the best way. Although a lot of them are in, inside, and um, and you just it's it's kind of a puzzle of how these signs link together and you you have your your little stick figure sort of carry through and initially when i first saw this game i'm like eh but it it plays so well it's super smooth the puzzles are fun they feel fulfilling and it's it's pretty um it's pretty good uh so i got through the first world of that and i think i'll i'll go back and try some more of it but i um thought it was pretty fun uh that's cool yeah that was um it's old. It's 2017. Oh wow! Okay. I remember when it's it was coming old. out. Yeah, yeah, it's an it's a while ago now. Well, old, but you know what I mean. Um, it's one of those games that I always meant to play, right. but never really. Yeah, it's fun. Got around to doing it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you'd like it. I mean, it's it's. <clears throat> I don't think it's particularly long, um, but it looks mm-hmm. things and it's got. Yeah, it's just some fun compartmentalized puzzles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Uh, yeah. Um, I played some Zelda, but not uh, admittedly, you know, Diablo 4 came out and I have the pre-order. So I kind of jumped into that pretty quick on June 2nd, uh, which is just just around the time I think we recorded last um, or just just prior to that. I think a few days Next, after few, uh, is yeah, when yeah, I started playing. Afterwards. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, Zelda got parked more or less. Um, and initially, I think I talked on the last podcast about having a daytime and nighttime version of things, but it didn't really work out that way. And what I found <laughs> is that I've squeaked in a little bit of Diablo during the day um, and no Zelda. So this is the world I live in. Now, the funny thing is, so I'm sure we'll talk about Diablo a little more in a moment, but the um, the funny part is, is that this isn't even like, this isn't, we're not even in this first season of Diablo yet. We're just in the, like the pre, we're in the pre-chapter. <laughs> Yeah. And so it's um, it's just an interesting. I feel like this is like the trial run of like getting to check things out and, and whatnot. So I I actually have half a mind to just pick up Zelda again and try and get it finished before season one starts. But um, I think that's a silly. I'm gonna tell you that right now. It's not gonna happen. Well, it, a, I can guarantee you it's not gonna happen because I just won't do it. But but B, I don't think I want it to happen. Like I really like Zelda and I just want to take my time with it and play it. Um, I just don't know how to do that exactly. Uh, and I checked out the Final Fantasy 16 demo. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know enough about this game to say whether or not I would want to play it or not. Um, it is gorgeous. The demo plays nice. Uh, like really like the mechanics of the gameplay. Um, it's a little bit reminiscent of Final Fantasy VII in some regards, I think, but it's more action based. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, and there's magic and whatnot. But it's as far as I can tell, it's all like castles and goblins and whatnot, uh, which is very appealing to me. As much as I, I think 15 looks neat, you know, driving the car around or whatever. I don't, and I know Final Fantasy has kind of been all over the map with like, um, and this isn't a big series for you, I know, but they've been all over the map with like where they, what kind of content they bring into their universes. But I really like the old, the, you know, ye old castles and whatnot. So uh, sure. it's interesting, although I don't really understand the pricing for it. It's like a weird, like $93. I'm like, what is this? It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, mm. they're just eking out further past $90. I don't really get it. Like 90 is not enough. Is it include? It wouldn't be including the taxes, would it? I don't think so. No, that's not even, now they, that'd be a hundred dollars with tax. So no, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I don't yeah. even know what it would be. Well, unless it was. Unless a, it was eighty two dollars, eight seventy nine, or, or whatever. Like that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but no, um, you're right. I don't know. It's um, it's a curious one. So that's good. And then also an uh, item that we're going to talk about it later. And I didn't realize it, but and I probably don't need to play it, but I might anyways, just to check it out. Is uh, Sons of P uh, has a demo as well. And I, Sons I, of P, Lies of P. Sorry, Lies of P. Lies of P's. Yeah, Lies of P, which is uh, Lies of Pinocchio. I think they just don't want to call it Lies of Pinocchio because then nobody would play it. Because Lies of P sounds so much cooler. Yeah, I um, guess so. Yeah, yeah. It's that's um, definitely why they did it. Yeah. Anyways, we'll talk about that in a little bit too. But that's, uh, I mean, let's talk about what you've been doing, and then we'll talk about some Diablo because <laughs> okay. that's consumed <laughs> most of my time. Yeah, I, I mean, I truthfully, I haven't done anything too new. I did finish Everspace Two. Um, I closed that off. I didn't, you know, I, I wrapped up the story on that one, um, which is good. Uh, Genesis Noir, that was that um, kind of point and click that I played. Uh, really cool visuals. I will say one thing I read because I was like, oh, maybe this be like a Switch game that I could pick up like one time when it's on sale. But apparently on the Switch, it really does not perform well. It's it's kind of an odd game in the end because it's it's kind of point of, point of click in nature right. and so playing with a controller even which is what i did on pc yeah uh, it, it's kind of an awkward experience playing with controller because you in a lot of cases you're controlling there's a lot of puzzles you're controlling a cursor mm. and it feels very like like um like picking up uh the petals off of a flower and you're literally like moving the cursor over petals to pick them off and so it feels really like cumbersome in the way that you have to do it right and like the switch, you feel like, oh, well, this might be better because touchscreen, but it doesn't support it. So it's like, oh, that's too bad. Um, it is a really wacky metaphorical game that like. By the end of it, I'm not super clear. I follow everything that I was happening visually. Very cool and like uh, kind of a neat experience altogether. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think I'm smart enough to quite draw all of the different, you know, metaphors that they're trying to pull in in the game because it. it gets pretty like pretty wild out, by out the there. end of it yeah but um really neat visuals for sure i'm glad i played that one um planet of land i continue doing that i'm just kind of that one's a kind of a shorter gameplay as i just kind of progress in the game remind me of um, planet of lana what is this one planet of lana is like the side scrolling is uh similar to like the inside oh uh, right or yeah, right 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 yeah it's, it's a longer game Somerville. or you just haven't got to it very much? I just haven't got to it very much. Got I just it, played yeah. small chunks of it. Um, it's it's very much like those games. There are little abilities that you get 
mm-hmm. as you progress. So it changes up the puzzles a little bit as you go along. It's not a Metrovania or anything. It's it's all single, you know, side scrolling. Um, really nice visuals. Just a very cool game. So still, still really enjoying that. Just but I'm only really playing it in between things every now and then. I'll I'll grab a little bit of time, like thirty minutes here and there. Right. Uh, because I'm still playing Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, in the evenings, that's the afternoons. that's the Zelda game. Yeah, I yeah. don't know if you've heard of it, mm-hmm. but um, but big game coming out of Nintendo. Tears uh, of the Kingdom. Yeah. I have found, man, I found so many cool things. Even past, you know, we we talked about this on our last episode, um, about some of the things we found, and it just it continues to be very fun to find stuff and just mess around mm-hmm. a lot. And and you know, um, this evening before. I was messing around with like, you know, a little sled that I put a couple of fans on and moving around with a little control stick or whatever. And yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. You get yourself into like a, a couple of problems, but uh, I really enjoy it. How many temples have you completed? Only one. Only one. I've, okay. I haven't found my second one. I've, I'm heading towards I what I think I'm going to do is head towards the desert, actually. OK, that's my second area. I spent a whole bunch of time on the coast. OK. I did a bunch of different like side quests there that I just found and did. So I have done a bunch of work there. Um, but I'm now I've just decided because I was on the coast that I'm heading towards the desert. We're and how many shrines take do you think that? If I had to guess, I'm probably about 40 ish. OK, OK. So a lot of exploratory, not a huge amount of shrines since our last check in. Well, think. it's an interesting thing because like the shrine, the number of shr- I was talking to my friend about this and like. Do you I don't know, do you know how many it's... shrines there are now? <clears throat> I do not know. Okay. I don't. Um, I accidentally I just, found out, but yeah, I'm assuming it's the same as Breath of the Wild. To be honest, I can't imagine it's that much different. And Breath of the Wild was 120. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, what's weird about it, it does feel like there's less, in a sense. Like there's not, but but the only thing that is different is that there are shrines up in the sky. I think because so there's three layers of shrine, right? I don't know that there's shrines down. In is the there shrines down in the underground? Actually, no. I say that. And I, I actually it, don't think I've seen one down there, so I don't know. Yeah. I, I have not seen one down there, so yeah. I don't think so. But I, I couldn't tell you for sure because I haven't before the whole thing. Right. Um, but it, it, if anything, on the, the sky and the ground level, there's right. So, so you could suggest that maybe it's split. Sure. Between the two areas. Uh, so I don't know if that's it because I, I don't find myself finding as many shrines in a playthrough. Like I might find one in an evening. I might not find any. Right. Um, so, but I just remember playing the Breath of the Wild and they were a lot more. Yeah, I think I, I, I mean, I hit up across. so many right out of the gate, right? Like I probably did a dozen in the first couple of days, if not the first yeah. day. And then, yeah, it definitely slowed down dramatically because yeah. you're right. There's, there's, there seems to be far less. It feels that way. It feels that way. But yes, you're right. Yeah. They are also in other places. And uh, yeah, yeah. But I'm curious if they're under. Anyways, it's still. I'm still having a good time with that. Still yeah. Find a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, I bet. I look forward to going back and playing that game. <laughs> um, otherwise, I've been spending my evenings for the most part um, playing Diablo 4. I've heard this one. Yeah, it's good. Uh, trying, to, trying to keep up. Uh, I, you know, we'll talk about this, but I did finish the campaign last night. Yeah, congrats. So that I can finally be like finally you know, part of the crew the that's like yeah. mm-hmm. post campaign uh, gaming. <laughs> this is new. So. This is new territory for Jacob. This is exciting. Mm-hmm. He's never mm-hmm. really like this is a very different kind of game than you've typically absorbed into. And I correct. 
I like that you're embracing uh, embracing something different for at least trying it out to see how it feels. Yeah, yeah. I like we it. talked about it a little bit, and being the first Diablo game, the the story fell a little flat by the end. Sure, a little. It it felt unsatisfying. I'd say. I agree. Yeah, I think there's more to yeah. it. Is and I felt for sure like... there's more to it. It just, you know, normally you would kind of hope that you're even if there was a continuation of the story you'd feel some satisfaction around well, you know, we'll the first we'll get, chunk of it and just i mean get this though there's two statues and they're both extremely expensive that you can purchase from blizzard uh one of them is lilith um yep. and i think that one's like 600 dollars us or something and the yep. other one is anarius and i think that one's 1200 dollars. i I've, i'm just surprised to see anarius as an option and it, don't get me wrong, he looks awesome. He's very cool looking. Right. But he's also like not in the game a lot. <laughs> um, True. So it's like, and there, I mean, there's a tremendous amount about him in the game. But, yeah. But there, yeah. but I mean, it all revolves around Anarius and Lilith to it, a certain degree. It, yeah. Right, exactly. But well, it's basically does, yeah. Yeah. But like Lilith I, is like, has like 20 times more screen time than he does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's yeah. She's the primary kind of. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I just yeah. I don't know. I'm yeah. maybe maybe it'll feel more satisfying as the the more story content comes out. Um, and they. I think we'll see a little more story content. I think. I mean, I think what what the creators have said a number of times is that this is like this is like step one of like a long journey. Um. So we'll see what that means exactly, but apparently they have a tremendous amount of content in the in the hopper still um, mm-hmm. that they're looking to to push out, and how that comes out to us is is curious. I'm I'm really wondering if they yep. if they decide to sell DLC or if it'll just be included with some aspects. I'm I'm really curious to see like how they the... eke out more of it. I mean, historically, Diablo like Diablo three as an example sold expansions. Um, not very expensive, and then also sold the Necromancer expansion. And I can't remember if it came with um, some story content. I, it must have because they would have told the whole story of the Necromancer. Um, but that was a big deal. I think it was nine dollars, though. Like it was like some weird price. Uh, did they have they, did they have a battle pass system? No, no Diablo three. No, they just had seasons. They just had seasons, and they the only thing that was a little bit funny was the, and very controversial at the time was well first of all i just want to point out diablo 3 was probably the very first online game online only game and they received huge amounts of like backlash for it um but it was their way to try to uh, try to remove cheaters um because diablo 2 is prevalent with like cheating and hacking and then it's not that it spoils the game necessarily but it kind of does um and for some people, they get to a point where they, that's what they want to do with the game, so they do it. And they can just dupe items or whatever. Um, I think I think it gave them a mechanism to deal with it. But the other thing that it, they wanted to enable was the uh, real money auction house. So like you could literally, I could find a cool item in the game and put it on the auction house for actual cash, like real money that I could cash out and put in my pocket. And um, And that ran for a couple of years, I think, before they shut it down because it was just too problematic. Um, but you had people, and I've seen. I even I remember seeing. I can't remember who it was. It was some some celebrity of some sort. But he was uh, he was like, yeah, I just go in and I I just spent like a thousand bucks on items in the auction house and just geared out my guy. So because I don't want to go and farm at all. I'm like, 
I mean, that's good for the people that he gave money to, I guess, because they're getting some benefit and, and whatever. Yeah. But it's just sort of an odd system. Weird. But aside from that, no, I don't think they had any of it. And yeah, they. Just, I think they were on their 30th season or something in 27th or something, something around there. And those seasons are every quarter. Or actually, with Diablo 3, they're every four to six months, I think. So um, So there's been a lot of them. And yeah. uh, and I didn't know this until today, but Diablo 2 Resurrected also has seasons. Um, and these seasons have existed like long before I think other like season systems existed. Uh, so it's interesting. So the battle pass is a very new thing for them. And I think it's, it's interesting. Like you're never going to like, just for comparison's sake, from like an online service perspective, World of Warcraft is close to $15 a month. Um, which adds up. It's not a small amount of money. No. Um, in this game, they're saying, well, you can give us 10 bucks every quarter or so, and we'll give you a whole bunch of stuff. And so it doesn't, like, if you're enjoying it, it doesn't feel like a, it doesn't feel too bad, I don't think. The, most importantly, though, none of it's power group, right? It's all just cosmetics and and fun things, not, uh, not power, which I think right. is the most important part of it. Yeah. Right. But tell me, what, like, what's your... I don't know. What's your experience? What do you, how do you feel about this thing? Or you're just oh, like, I don't good. know. I don't know yet. And you're, or you're very like, I don't know what to say. Cause Adam's going to question everything I say right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm always very careful on the subject just so that we maintain our friendship mm -hmm, and I don't mm -hmm. break it within just, that's like, right. I feel like if I say the wrong thing, this, this recording just gets cut. Just gets cut. Like, and, and this is where Jacob point. says he loves the game. <laughs> Yeah, let's <laughs> <laughs> just edit it in. I am Jacob, and I love and Diablo. Welcome to the last episode of uh, Run the Bear. <laughs> Jacob says he loves the game, apparently, but, uh, but we still ended the. But now uh, we'll never series. know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I was enjoying. I okay, just from a campaign perspective of playing it solo, I was enjoying that. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was a pretty decent story. I, yes, it didn't. It didn't. I didn't feel satisfied by the ending. Sure. Because, and like, not to say it was bad. And to, for those who like, not trying to spoil things, but it, it obviously it's a, it's a it sets up a continuation of the story. So, it, and in some ways, the way the game is meant to be played afterwards, it's not meant that you've really solved anything per se because you know the idea is that you're still in sanctuary you're still fighting there's still things to do mm -hmm. but there was so much time spent on this really this conflict that existed forever and this idea that people were trying to solve it but there was kind of like this you know almost selfish reasons for trying to do it but or 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 unknown like what was the better option and it feels like that while maybe not solved at this point just felt like it, i really liked it i really liked this idea that there was a bit of this like um idea that you know the, the person you were going afterwards their reasoning for doing it actually there was some sense in it right you know and so you started to kind of question like, like what you should be doing should i actually Anyways. yeah I, I agree yeah so i i thought it was good i thought it was like a compelling story and i i enjoyed the characters i enjoyed that stuff um like i'm not like it's not necessarily completely my jam this like action rpg style so like like running through it as a solo player like i was playing it for the story i really enjoyed that part so 
yeah, some of it is satisfying for sure um, when you're melting. I, and I think some of the side quests are kind of fun too, right? Like some of them are like, yeah. oh, this is a fun little story side. And they're maybe completely unrelated to anything else, right? Right. And I like that there's like kind of branching to those. So the characters, you do their side story and then you'll find them in a new town and, the, and, and that story is kind of progressed. And so there's mm-hmm. a bit of that, right? It's not just like fetch quests and things. I mean, they're mostly r- related to like, most of them are like a dungeon crawl. Like you're sure. forced to go to the dungeon and, and yeah, collect hey, the and thing, you get right? to some books out of this old keep or something. Yeah. 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 Um, but there's some interesting ones with like exorcisms and things like that. And that progresses to different things. And um, so that's cool. Um, I I am enjoying playing as a group. You know, it's, it's it is a fun. It, it is a fun game to play as a group. I feel, though, that it I'm like out of my depth with it you know like we were playing last night and we we're playing hell tides and nightmare dungeons and i i still feel like i'm a little bit there for the ride you guys like in terms of equipment like i don't like it's um when it starts equipment dropping and i'm trying to figure out like what i'm supposed to do with it and like is this better but i'm losing this and it gets a little overwhelming for me like it's not a thing that i'm really good at mm-hmm. doing like if if I have better equipment, I just put it on. But the problem is there's so many different like there's the aspects and removing them and then putting back on and rolls on the different stats and making sure that you're checking those stats and which stats are good for your build. And mm-hmm. once you get into that level of detail for min max in your character, it's a it's a bit beyond what I ever do in a game. Right. So that's not that I'm willing to. I'm not willing to put the effort in, but I find it overwhelming. So like last night playing uh, with you and our mutual friend, I ignored equipment, didn't even care. Uh, Like for the most part, I never changed out my equipment because I just didn't even know uh, what to do. So I just left it. Once I got it all, I thought I'll just keep what seems like the best piece and throw it in a chest and maybe I'll deal with it another day. Right. Because if I try to deal with it, then I'd be spending I think like an hour trying to figure out like what I was supposed to do. And I just didn't want to spend my time I, doing that. I so think I that is an aspect it. of the game that I don't think is, it's not really advertised, but I think that, and some people love it and some people find it a chore, but yeah, like inventory management, deciding what's worth keeping. It's not clear. It's not like, oh, this item is obviously better. It requires you to make some deductions on your own and decide, oh yeah, like, okay, I have an ability that triggers slow on things. Okay, well, there's these, now I'm looking for items that do damage to crowd-controlled things or slowed items. Right. Or my barb, for instance, makes everything bleed. So like, oh, this item has bleed as well? Great. Now now it's doing extra damage to bleed, slow, right. and crowd control. Awesome. I'm doing bonus damage out the wazoo. So like it's figuring out what are the good stats for you, figuring out if those items get rolled well, because there's variables as to where, right. how they can roll. And then in addition to that, you know, is, is it a legendary and has an aspect? So trying, you're absolutely right. Trying to figure out that stuff. I mean, I struggle with it today because it's, it's a new game, right? So like when I was playing Diablo right. three regularly and in the season, like in the, like in the kind of in the matrix, so to speak, it was like, okay, like I know kind of immediately when I look at an item, whether it's trash or not. And, right. and that made it a lot easier because then I don't clog up all my bags and everything with a bunch of stuff that I don't want because I just yeah. end up holding on to things right now because I don't know if I need them. And I think that's, yeah. so what you end up doing is you end up going, okay, well, my version of playing Diablo tonight is cleaning up my inventory. 
Hmm. And, and that can be okay and fun. And I like doing it. So like, um, because a lot of it's going, oh, well, I never noticed this one before, but actually if I do this, these two things to this thing and you can reroll stats, like to, like you can reroll one stat, uh, on an item. Once you've selected that one, you can reroll it to whatever else was optionally rolled for that item. So as an example, if you've got plus strength on an item and you're a sorceress, you could try to reroll it to intelligence. If all the other rolls were good for you and you just wanted intelligence or some other thing on there, you could reroll it to yeah. that. But once you've done that, you can't um, take another stat and reroll it. Um, and all these things cost. And I think the, one of the bigger differences between this game and previous Diablos is gold was never really a problem previously. You had like, by the time you got to the end game, you had so much gold, it was never an issue. Uh, this game, gold is a real thing. It like actually is a thing you require to be mm -hmm. successful. Yeah. I mean, again, now that I'm at the end game and we're playing and we start playing more, mm. um, I, I'll probably just have to spend more time understanding what to look for. Concentrate on that because realistically, I, you know, I, I eventually followed a bill because um, I sensed how much disappointment there was with you and our uh, mutual friend when I said, when I kept getting asked, what build are you using? And I said, build, question um, mark. And then you both sent me builds. I went with yours. And um, he's not my friend anymore, apparently. Turns out. Talk to me. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, and uh, no, <laughs> just kidding. Um, which, yeah, definitely changed my fighting. Um, for sure it did uh, because combos work together and then you right. know when you're Some looking synergies, at abilities right? and, and yeah. uh, you know the aspects you're adding add to your skills that you're currently using um, so it definitely made a difference there um, and yeah, so I guess that's the thing I just need to you know I'm not read into that I read it but I'm not like memorized the different things I'm supposed to look for in equipment or skills or right. you know passives and things like that so I, I guess now that i've just like passed i mean my, mainly at the end there i was just trying to catch up to you guys so i could do the end game content with you and now that i'm there um you know i'll, I'll spend some time um yeah i think i mean it and just I, I again i enjoy it as a game to get together and do you know check stuff together check dungeons off and yeah. do things together like i i have fun I was not very good at it last night once we moved into the very difficult thing, but um, I also hadn't I hadn't spent any time on, again, equipment. My equipment yeah. was old. Like if I looked at the level requirements for my equipment, we're all in the 50s and my level equipment is probably in the 30s. Sure. That's how old it was because I just, I had spent all this time making them legendary and aspects and all this stuff yeah. and I didn't really want to spend we'll the time to try all. to yeah. redo it all. So. so I think what what ends up happening and what what I think I was hopeful from like last night's runs and whatnot is that it'll allow you to pick up a bunch of like pretty significantly upgraded gear. And then once you sort of figure out which ones are actually like winners and can replace things, then it'll, it should be a quick uptick for you to become significantly more powerful. But what I did notice, because we have a bit of a gap between the three of us in levels, is that I'm more powerful, like significantly so. Um, and it's a little crazy to me just what the power difference is between those those different tiers just because i happen to have, have a few levels on you guys um mm -hmm. and i don't think it's because the classes like i think in in general the classes are pretty balanced and all can be really effective 
Um, yeah. In fact, I, I would applaud Blizzard by saying like, you know, I think they did a good job of balancing. And just to really quickly talk about the build. So the game has a bunch of different talents that you can pick and the builds are, you know, you going through and selecting um, certain sets of those. And you're looking for synergies between those abilities. Like you want them to sort of play off each other. Uh, the, the aspects that Jacob's talking about are um, modifiers that show up on legendary items. So these like that, uh, some additional texts that don't show up on normal items that modify something. So they might be, oh, like after 30 seconds, your weapon explodes or I don't know, something like I can't even think of one at the moment, but like uh, Whirlwind, for instance, uh, a Whirlwind Barb has, there's a passive I can get that occasionally on Whirlwind, it will drag all the enemies that are nearby and condense them all right in front of me so that I can do more damage to the things that are right nearby me. Mm -hmm. um, and that's a thing that's not a talent that I can get. I have to have a piece of equipment that enables that, but it makes my build more powerful. And I think um, getting the right ones for your build that work and then trying different stuff out, I think the game really does allow you to play with different builds. I do think because you're a newer player, just to make it ease of use and not to say that you would have, wouldn't have made it through, you certainly would have. But I think the game does enable a lot of like flexibility. I think people, myself included, have been guilty of this. Like you get too tied up in like, oh, min-maxing and trying to get like the absolute best thing. Like, like who cares? I'm not, like if I was racing for the like the leaderboard, so every season in this game in Diablo 3, 2, they have leaderboards and like the start of the season there is a race um not only for the beginning of the season but also for the entire season to say like how far can you get um yeah and where can you end up ranking on that list and so i mean it's, it's a bit of a competition of who can spend more time playing diablo because <laughs> right at, at the end of the day like you just the sheer time commitment to get to those upper stratosphere levels require basically you need to be a streamer you need to basically have your yeah. job be playing video games otherwise you're not going to right. compete but it's uh or maybe just be young and like at home with your parents or something i don't know yeah um, that'd probably be another yeah, option might be another option yeah but the uh less responsibilities less responsibility not a couple yeah. of parents oh my gosh i i read a <laughs> read a i read a, a blurb from a guy he was uh he was talking about father's day and how he was woken up he got to sleep in till 8 15 and his daughter woke him up like ringing a bell over his face and how uh you know this was okay though he'd you know been woken up that before but he had a smile on his face this morning because he'd already agreed his wife had agreed the previous day that they were going to spend the morning together but then his wife was going to take their kids uh, out for the afternoon he was going to have the entire afternoon for the first time in forever uh to just sit down and actually like crank through some diablo which he hadn't been able to do on his own and certainly not during the day and so he's really excited about this and so like he ended up you know doing some chores in the morning and and making breakfast or whatever and hanging out with his kids and gets to around 11 in the morning he's just washing the dishes he he, he wrote it really in a funny way and he's like his wife turns to him and says uh, so what bathing suit do you want to bring and he's like he's like what <laughs> she's like yeah like uh um which one do you want to bring and he's like i i thought you were like taking the kids to wherever and she's like oh yeah no plans changed you're we're all uh we're all gonna go over to so and so and then we're, the siblings are gonna go back and meet at the house and and then he's like and then he does like a funny little flashback uh from from diablo and like do you remember the event where um where the dad no, not the dad. That guy took the gemstone and placed it in the yeah. guy's head. Kind of like re recounted this experience <laughs> and how he was feeling, and and then uh, and then basically said, uh, "Oh yeah, the black and white one. That's my favorite." 
and uh for the for the for the swimsuit and he said yeah we ended up having a great day and uh so anyways it was a bit of a, a, a poor one out for you know all the dads out there that you yeah, know yeah. have all these responsibilities um and don't get to play and i i mean <laughs> i think i've I felt very fortunate to be able to get through a lot of it myself but it's a lot of uh, late nights i think that that get me there i my opinion uh if you were to ask um is that they've I think I've said this before. I think they really knocked it out of the park as far as like, there's a lot of room for growth in this game. There's a lot of tweaks I think they have to make. There's some quality of life stuff they can fix, but like from like a, like, first of all, like how many games have launched and just have servers fall over and melt? Like that didn't happen in this game. Well, you'd kind of hope in this sense because they played, they had three different events. They had a, they had three pre go three they had events, a closed yeah. beta and then an open beta and then another server slam so you, I mean granted I mean yes you're even with that you saw these problems but even uh, with that and it, it, those numbers generally pale in comparison to retail every time right so they I mean while they might right. be get some semblance for what sure. they're going to get Blizzard, Blizzard is definitely had their issues with uh, launches in the yeah. past and and a lot of online service games have had massive issues and they. I mean, there was a couple of little hiccups and some rubber banding and stuff that would happen, but like all in all, like kind of knocked it out of the park. So like, mm-hmm. can't really imagine how how good that team must feel. Like you got to think there's a there's a full like network operations team that runs twenty four seven at these types of operations that are. I've and I don't know. It was probably like fifteen years ago now, but they did a little bit behind the scenes video of the World of Warcraft like operations center, and it's nuts. Like yeah. truly like NASA style like nuts um hmm. very very cool but the um yeah so i think they, they did a really good job there i think the character classes are fun i think the art's really like really good like the whole motif behind it all like the the vibe that you get from it's really really nice i think the game is appropriately dark um there is a few moments that are pretty like cringy i think for like where it's like oh that's we went a little far there but but i think like it, the cutscenes and whatnot sort of aside like the game itself has got a, some really nice aesthetic to it, I think. And um, it's funny because I can't really even play it during the day. And what I found, though, is I can go into the contrast settings and I can turn up the brightness and then I can actually play yeah. it. But then, then if I do, it. but then if I log back in at night with those settings, it looks, it's I'm like, whoa, this game looks terrible. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So the darkness is good. I think it, it really kind of brings brings it out. But anyway, so I, I could drone on and on about this, but I'm I mean, Mm-hmm. This is the thing. I I don't have any comparison to other Diablo games and action RPGs. I like I don't know. So like I have no complaints about it as a in that style of genre because I don't right. really have a lot of experience. It's fine. It and it's more of an intro for me. Um, and I'm willing to keep going with it. I mean, it it, it brought you know. I mean, I spent the money on it, so I was I was pretty sure I was going to go through the campaign. And again, like I still had a good time going through all that. And I think there's I'm still compelled to do a lot of the side quests because they they felt they felt good to me. Like, yeah, they're fun. They were yeah. compelling. You know, nothing too deep, but still an interesting yeah. kind of. I think it builds points. it builds out the world a little bit too. It's not like they're just like completely removed. Yeah. Like they're like they kind of add to the story a bit. Um, I think I'll probably find my way through a lot of those as well. I'd like to build up some additional of that renown and whatnot mm-hmm. but um yeah i i'm really glad you're into it i i'm in a, or trying it out i'd say i'm not suggesting that this is your jam but the just the ability for you to even be willing to try it out i think is fun and i do think 
my best times playing Diablo are definitely uh, playing with other people and just, I don't know, I've always, I've always found it very relaxing and cathartic to sit down and just go through some dungeons and just try to get through it. Like generally it's a bit of a efficiency game. Um, like you're trying to be efficient with your time and trying to like in Diablo three, you would kind of try to make your build as efficient as possible. And, and I think the biggest difference and what I haven't quite figured out with this game is how it's going to work. But in Diablo three, you essentially, you could kind of control the difficulty of the content you were going through. And then what you did is you not, you didn't necessarily do the hardest content you could do. You did the hardest content you could do fast because you wanted to get through it as much, as quickly as you could so that you could do it again because that would get you more a chance to get more gear that would be appropriate so that mm -hmm. you could continue to level up mm -hmm. um and of course these games are always very fun at the beginning because you get a lot of upgrades and then as you kind of go through the upgrades slow down but the maturity in the in the build starts to show up like as an example as a barbarian i I run out of resources a lot currently, but as my build matures, I'll be able to become more and more powerful and it'll be, yeah, I don't right. know. I will see. Well, I think we should continue to check in a little bit, but I am sure I'm happy to, uh, happy to have, have a few folks that I know that are playing and, um, yeah, yeah we'll sort of see where it goes. I think the season one starts mid to late July, apparently. Um, and they've already planned a bunch of like quality of life changes before that even comes out, which is, it's really awesome. It's really great to see. Um, I think I'm so used to yesteryear blizzard where like with, especially with world of Warcraft, where they, there was so much community feedback that never got taken in and they never did anything about it. They just kind of felt they knew better. And yeah. I feel like in this instance, they're taking a lot of feedback, um, and, and making adjustments where appropriate. So it's cool. It's really nice. Right. Yeah. Cool. Well, All right. Why don't we take a quick break? Yeah. And then we're going to jump into the showcase. Sweet. Let's go break. <laughs> See you in a second. Well, that was nice. That was a nice break. That was, as a, always. That was a great break. Oh, man. Best break. The best of, of breaks. 2023. Mm -hmm. um, this Xbox showcase, Jacob, was... I think the highlight so far of like from all the organizations, I think it, it was the biggest sort of banger of a, I, I think my expectations, you, you'll be a little proud of me. They've, they've diminished oh. somewhat for a lot of these <gasps> things. Lowered I know, expectations. I know, lowered expectations. Oh, you're growing as a person. I know, I totally am. <laughs> um, and, and it also probably helps that I just was kind of tuned out to a lot of the stuff. I hadn't really been paying much of attention. So uh, the PlayStation event that happened the other a little bit ago it was a little lackluster. I had a couple of games, but for the most part, didn't didn't yeah. have a lot of things that appealed to me. Um, this one had a whole bunch that I'm like, oh, that looks cool. Oh, that looks cool. It's we had the closest thing we've had from Xbox this year was that developer, the kind of the open developer conversations they yes. had earlier in the year, and yeah. a lot of it was just like more details about games we already knew. Um, and the big the big announcement for this one was they were going to spend, and we knew this was coming. Uh, was the Starfield Direct. So they specifically had said in June that we were getting a Starfield direct with gameplay and all the details and stuff like that. Yeah. So and I went from so Star they had like a, a Starfield like yeah. I don't care to a Starfield I care. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really know. I it was one of those games that I was like, well, it's a Skyrim in space, right? I probably will play it to try sure. it out. Yeah. Um but definitely after uh watching this, I was like, uh 
how can I not play this game? Yeah, pretty much. Let's talk about that in a minute. Yeah, let's uh, talk about that. Yeah. So there's a lot of games to go through, and I think they did a really good job. Right out of the gate, they previewed three games with three quick trailers. They had uh, uh, the fellow Fable. from the IT crowd. Who's that? What's that actor's name? Uh, Richard Iwadi. Yeah, him. He he was in there. He really, really sort of uh, just perfectly like situated in this world and it's kind of revealed that he's actually a giant and it was just a really funny thing i've never played fable but i understand it's a bit of a funny series um yeah so it's just a fun like opener i haven't played it either and then they had some like really beautiful like bayou sort of gra- uh it's really stylized graphic for some midnight something or other um so that was um south of sorry midnight. i'm scrolling through my notes because that was I've, i don't have this in south of midnight the name. south of midnight which was um uh, the group who brought us um, We Happy Few. Right. That's um, Compulsion Games. So. Yeah, that's a game you mentioned that you'd be like, oh, I might want to go back and check that out. I, I, You made that comment and I went back because I couldn't quite remember the game. I feel like I did check it out because I was like, oh, this does look neat, but uh, I don't know. I think it's not for me. No. Um, the, uh, and then the last one that they had was, what was the third one that they had out of the opener? <laughs> now I'm drawing a blank. I can't remember. Oh, was it wasn't Juicent, was it? No, no. Anyways, the the three that they had were were pretty great. I'm sure it'll come back to us. Avowed? No, it wasn't avowed. Um, All right, but, but yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, it was a cool opener, and then they had uh, the head of Xbox guy, whose name is also escaping me at the moment. Phil Spencer, is that his name? Phil Spencer. Yeah. yeah. He uh, he comes out and just like, hey, we're gonna have a great event today, and then they just kind of continue to roll into like, like one after another one after another just all these new things we hadn't seen and for me who had been a little bit out of the loop some a couple of these the specifically the atlas stuff had leaked but i didn't know any about any of it and i hadn't seen any of it so all this was new to me um and i think atlas must have paid just an absolute truckload or sorry microsoft must have played paid an absolute truckload of money to atlas for announcement and game pass rights to their games like atlas is no they have some banger games and they're a big studio that has yeah. produced a number of things. So it's cool. Anyways, let's uh let's maybe run through the list that Jacob sure. has, I mean we talked about curated Fable. so nicely. Yeah. Uh we talked about Fable. Uh don't have much to say about it. Um yeah, I don't know a lot about that series. If it's great, then I may it's one of those like yeah. um do anything kind of games. Um, you know, the only reference I have is some my I think it was my sister who called it the farting game, because you could fart in it. Like it's an RPG though, is it not? Yeah, but you could just like do anything you wanted in the game. Like again, like a it's Zelda. A pretty... Like a Zelda, that's what you're saying. <laughs> I'm making faces. Yeah, no. I don't know what to tell you about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a big waiting. We've been waiting, or the fan base for Fable has been waiting for a Fable game for a really long time. So yeah, it's a big kind of fair uh, game they're waiting for. Uh, we saw Avowed which is a first-person fantasy RPG by Obsidian Entertainment. They're known for Outer Worlds, um, Fallout New Vegas, and KOTOR 2. So, like, um, it's an interesting game because there was, um, you know, uh, it's not quite the open world. It's not quite an open world game that you would think, like, based on the trailer. It kind of looks Skyrim-ish fantasy RPG kind of thing. Sure. With some, you know, uh, that kind of first-person fighting. But, um it's it, it's not quite the open world experience it seemed from from what they described it anyways i like obsidian entertainment uh they've done some cool stuff i don't know much about this game and we'll see more in the future but um yeah i don't know if it's for me i i mean it looks neat but meh 
I don't know. They just do good um, RPG stories, and I like the Outer Worlds. Um, so. I don't think I... I don't... I'll just put it out there, and I know this will be shocking for you, but I just don't think I like first-person RPGs. What? I know. I know. You don't like first-person anything. Uh, this is mostly true. Mostly true. <laughs> it's one of those, Adam, I hate all first-person games. Yeah, and except for these you just, seven. You give it like 30 seconds and then accept. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always ex- there's exceptions. I mean, There's exceptions to all of those. On, I know, on, I know. Yeah. Anyways, Avowed, Obsidian Entertainment. Um, we saw Towerborn, which was an online co-op action RPG. Looks bonkers good. I can't wait. To yeah, play. like kind of... Um, it almost looks like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles beat em up, but it's an RPG and you level up your characters kind of and you get weapons. And honestly, it reminds me a little bit of, um, uh, actually, I don't know what it reminds me of. There's, I feel it, like there's a few games that are kind of like this, but this one looks awesome. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because it, it, it described, you know, you, you could look at it and just be like, oh, okay, it's like a co-op kind of, you know, fighting enemies, but it has kind of a, they claim the way they describe the game, it's kind of a unique experience in how you get quests and the world is kind of unique and, and, and is based on how you approach the game and how you find things. It's less about going to a town and picking up four side quests and just like going out and doing it. It, it, they more or less happen as you explore the world. Mm. I, I don't know. I, again, it's just how they describe it. It's it's apparently a unique experience for how you co-op this uh, world and and experience it together. So it it seemed kind of interesting because they're trying to create something you very unique in the yeah. style of the game. Yeah, no, but if you just looked at the kind of the images of it, it just looks like a, kind of a four person co-op kind of hack and slash in, in some sense. You know. Right. Yeah, it was fun. Yep. We got uh, 33 Immortals, Sign me which up. I'm in. is a 33-player co-op roguelike. Um, yeah, I think picture, um, somebody else was describing it this way, and I think it was the best way to think about it, but picture a 33-player gauntlet. Yeah. Right? I think that's kind of what this game looks like, and it's made by the folks who made Spirit Spiritfarer, which, um, which right? is, it's got a bit, bit of that art style, so it kind of looks awesome. Which is so funny, though. It's it's always interesting to see, like, you, you get Spirit Fair, that style of game, and mm-hmm. then you see this, and it's very much not. This has probably has less, near the same. less hugs in it, I'd imagine. Yeah. Less hugs, less, yeah, yeah less, less feels. Yeah. yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, less fishing. It, it looks fun. And I've, I heard somebody got to try a, a small, they didn't get 33 people, they had six or so, but they said it was really great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So looking forward Neat, to checking though. it out. Very yeah. cool. I, I like the idea yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, we got a high on life DLC, high on knife. I love it. I love, uh, so knife. A new, I love the knife guy. So, so a new chunk of game. It it calls it a horror comedy, and they really play up the horror part in the trailer. Oh, but because it's a comedy thing, like I'm not, I'm unclear of like how much is like real you know, horror I, or it's just like yeah. I feel like they has so much joke good horror. comedy in that game that um was like they had some really good funny people in that game, and I if they. Assuming this DLC has come out after all the other shenanigans, so um, that kind of surrounded that one of the main people that voiced that the the original game. So this is um, I expect lots of fresh, funny comp content by lots of people in it. Yeah. Should be good. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then we got Liza Peas, which I guess you tried. 
I haven't. Say? No, I haven't tried it. So there is a uh, apparently there's a demo for this. So I'd like to try it out. But essentially, this is um, so. This is Lies of P, and P stands for Pinocchio, which I guess is in the public domain now, um, as far as like you know character goes. And um, but effectively looks like Bloodborne, like the game looks. Yeah, it looks very much. It like looks Bloodborne. very, and apparently plays a lot like Bloodborne. So the, and that's not a bad thing. Like it looks great. And it's mm-hmm. like, and it's, I mean, Bloodborne came out a little, quite a while ago too. So this looks quite more advanced. Um, it looks awesome. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. Yeah. 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 I don't know that's much. It's, it's, um, it's dark. The world is, it's dark. It's, but it, it the, the enemies, there's almost like automatons or robotish kind of enemies and kind of a weird yeah. world yeah. Uh, that you're, you're going through. Yeah. Yeah. looks very good. Um, then we got a glimpse of Star Wars Outlaws, which technically at the Xbox showcase, we saw kind of cinematic trailer. Right. And then they reviewed, it, but revealed the, some the, gameplay the next day. The next day. What the, did you think Ubisoft. about the gameplay? I know we talked about it briefly, but like I was, I mean, I'm all for it and I'm all for like, a, like you and I talked about it, like the non-force user story, but like, uh, I don't know, like looks good, but also like I feel like I've played this game. I, I don't know. there's so much to you know okay so what they showed in the in the gameplay is your smuggler kind of character um and to me like reminded me of like a gta right because it was like okay you got a mission you got to like infiltrate this gang oh you've got the gangs have like you have a reputation with the different gangs oh you stole from a gang your reputation lowers somebody said that yeah i don't know you can you, you can bribe you know you can bribe the imperials and if you don't you know, suddenly you've got a warrant on that planet and they're coming after you and you've got like, they're coming after you, so you got to escape. And right. like, let yeah, I saw some out. meme of it, like a wanted sign, like at like the proper like GTA. But the thing is, like, the GTA system overall, like if they were to like, it's not a bad well, system. It's it's fine. Yeah. I, I'm not, it's not a criticism. I'm just saying that that's kind of how they presented it was like the 10 minutes they went from one thing. They went from sneaking inside a base, stealing yeah. a thing, getting caught, then getting chased down and escaping them. And then finding, returning the mission, getting a choice of bribing an Imperial officer, choosing not to, you know, it, it was this whole progression thing almost to show you all these different things that could happen. I mean, with any of these games, it's like, okay, you see a portion of this. It's like, how full is the world's? How compelling is it to play the game, you know, with these different aspects? I again, I was happy to see it's not a Jedi game. Like there's a lot more to Star Wars than just Jedi Knights and lightsabers. So that's great. Um, Ubisoft worries me a little bit. Um, The company who's making it, I can't remember the name, but it's not one that I'm familiar with Mm -hmm. within the Ubisoft domain. But, you know, Ubisoft to me, I think like um, Like what tower are they going to climb up? yeah exactly assassin's creed or something Mm -hmm. like that and like a lot of those games while i liked um uh valhalla you know there is a lot of like filler in the world that just doesn't feel as compelling so i I don't know like it just that all that's what it all comes down to is it a compelling world is it compelling side stories is it is it fun to like go around and do stuff and it could be just too early to say just 100 too way too early yeah 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 um yeah. Anyways, I, I, um, I am liking yeah. seeing other people make Star Wars games, though. Um, sure. So I think yeah. that's I, that's that's a good thing. Well, EA has had it for so long, and it's done kind of a, a mixed 
job with it for so long. So it's interesting they lost the exclusivity. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, they pulled out a banger with, um, with was the, it Respawn? Respawn, yeah. Uh, that, that did uh, Fallen Order and Survivor. Yeah. Um, it's just so funny. They ended you know <laughs> with what? the just, reign just of Star Wars with that. some pretty so, like Yeah, so I do have... I do have Survivor yes. and um, the other one, um, Fallen Order, Fallen Order in in the house, and I think Respawn is, I think they make really good games. Like just from like a like, uh, from like a gameplay dynamic, from like a cust, from a feel of the character, like joystick sort of way, like everything feels really good. Which is a, it's a hard thing to sort of um, dial in. I think for a lot of companies, they just don't quite get the feel totally right sometimes and the my god the ui in jedi survivor and the previous one survivor is better mm-hmm. but they, they're both really good the ui is incredible like it is so smart it is so like fundamentally smart and simple that mm-hmm. uh, i just i love the aesthetic of the ui and the and the design and thought process that likely went into it is probably very fascinating but i it's i think a lot of um games get really convoluted and they they make a it's not like it's a simple game there's a lot of different stuff you can do and abilities you have but they they just make it really accessible i i don't know i think respawn does a really really good job i was surprised to see the only other game they really make is apex legends and titanfall and titanfall previously yeah which is also a really good game um so it's uh yeah it's nice to see oh shoot you know what i forgot to talk about but we can talk about right now because it's kind of a new game that's been previewed is Armored Core 6. Oh, Armored Core 6 also previewed in and around this because it's part of the it wasn't wasn't part of the Xbox event, but it kind of okay. came on in the, like like a day afterwards, like some of these other yeah, ones yeah. did. My God, does that look good? Um, I yeah. th- I told Jacob there's a guy named uh, like Vati Vidya Vidya or something like that. Mm-hmm. He's uh, he's like the Souls guy. He has mm-hmm. an amazing YouTube channel that explains all the lore. We've talked about him before. Um, all the lore of any of the Soul- any of the uh, FromSoft games, um, and does an absolute like just phenomenal job. He's I think he's like he's invited to all these types of events and gets access and stuff like that. He went so far in his video for Armory Horse 6 and they, cause they only, they released four minutes of video footage, four to six minutes or something. And they, um, he analyzes that in such a smart way and like replays and shows off some like the feature functionality at a depth level that I don't think most people even think about. And, yeah. and, and then he recreates because the video footage didn't have a HUD, he he from memory while like he said like he spent a lot of time while they were in the sessions memorizing and taking notes on the hud and he kind of redraws what the hud looks like on the screen so you get an idea of what the game looks like and how smart the hud was i think all this clued in because of the uh my love for response uh ui and ui and i think FromSoft's here probably is very good as well um and that the game itself has a bit of a souls feel to it for like these robots and these mechs fighting each other I think it might be really good, Jacob. I'm really kind of excited to see more about this game. I don't need I don't need more games, but like, my goodness, it it looks it looks really fun. So, if if you have any interest at all, I would highly recommend checking out uh, Vati Vidya's. Uh, um, it's like a 22 minute review or something, and it's um, it's really fascinating to see what somebody that understands uh, Souls games and the series and that and that 
developer um mm -hmm. what they uh what they took away from their their minute and it's so it's, it's even more mm, sorry go ahead oh, i was just going to say it's it's vati vidya so it's v-a-a-t-i-v-i-d-y-a vati vidya yeah um, yeah and, and it's an extended look at armored core six right that's the one and so he um it you know it's it's funny though i bet you and i haven't done this but i bet you if you go and watch anybody else's video of this content and then you watch his like you'll be like why do other people even bother <laughs> why do they bother anyways that's my two bits armor course six. all right oh it's in their notes now i like it um yeah. thanks for that all right yeah, onwards words. and upwards clockward revolution Shh. clockwork revolution clockwork revolution so this one is a surprising one because this one was like this is a first person shooter um from in exile which i had to think about it for a second but they're the ones who created the wasteland series so okay wasteland series being a turn-based top down um, yeah rpg yeah um so an interesting take uh or you know considering their latest games have mainly been top-down rpgs um and so to see them take on a first-person shooter it looked neat but what's interesting the first vibes i got was like a bioshock vibes um steampunk uh with time manipulation not saying that that's bioshock necessarily but like it just gave me those vibes going through it and it was, looked neat very cool um no date on that just a reveal uh for something that they're making it's um, funny you say that our, and, I, and i wish yeah. i could remember but apparently the forza team is making another game that is has nothing to do with racing oh and i thought oh, really? that was like the funniest thing yeah like just similar to this where like you know, a very fundamental shift in like type of game. I can't remember yeah. what the game was for Forza Team though. It'll, it'll come uh, back to me, I'm sure. And then we get to our Atlas content. So we've got a new game created by from the creators of Persona 345, yep. which is Metaphor Re Fantasio. Game name of Fantasio is the name. So good. I love it. I love it. It's my favorite name. Looks very um, kind of, uh, you know, Atlas, Atlas. JRPG kind mm -hmm. of style game has mm -hmm. kind of the similar persona visuals. Looks, some, looks amazing. But um, yeah. 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 I, just needed, a, I just needed another 140 hour game. That's what I needed. Yeah, exactly. You were, yeah. I knew you were, you were itching for this. Mm -hmm. um, and if you were like, oh, well, instead of getting one you know, hundred hour game. Why don't why don't I, I get, get a second one, one? Yeah. in the name of Persona Three Reload? Yeah. Um, now you so put this down one, that this was made in the Persona Five engine, but is it though? That's what they said. Because it's made with the Unreal Engine, and I don't think that they used that for. Pers I heard the Persona Five was a custom engine. Um, I thought they, they I thought I had read that. Own. Oh, maybe I got it wrong. I thought um, I could. I, thought, I mean, uh, I could be wrong too, but I, I distinctly remember reading that. Persona oh, 5 you're right. Was a custom engine. Sorry. I think maybe the initial things that came out was that it was. Um, it definitely looks. Uh, it was upgraded with the kind of the visual look of it, Persona Five. Is in fact, when I, I first I, saw I, it, I got I was very confused because I was like, "Wait a minute, this looks like extremely Persona Five. So clear this is in the Persona yeah. series. Um, but uh, yeah, sorry, it, and that's my mistake when it was because I did see that this was um, uh, the. It got leaked. Well, it's funny that it got leaked. It basically, Atlas, uh, all, all their content. Got, someone yeah. in Instagram. Well, someone at Atlas posted it on their Instagram account accidentally right. Uh, right. days before the release. But anyways, um, this is an odd one. So again, not a huge Persona person. I've played five. I've played Strikers. I'm currently playing four. 
Um, I have not played three, um, but talking to my friend who is a big Persona 5 fan who's played, you know, all of these, um, he, you know, was explaining this. What's interesting about this reloaded version is it is a remake, a complete ground up remake of Persona 3, the original. Yes. Um, there's no FSC, which is kind of the Royale version of Persona 3. So there's some extra content there and there's no portable content uh, where the portable had a whole new um, protagonist in right. the game. Right. Uh, so it's not even like a. It's not like an ultimate edition that has it's all a the different content version, in it. essentially. Yeah, it's just the original. It le- legitimately just the original game as it was released. Right. So you and I talked about this and I don't know if you've had a chance to revisit it or if more has come out that's, or more thoughts. And I've, I've been meaning to go look up this myself because I just, like like you, I don't have the, the history or the knowledge of the stuff. I understood that the PSP portable version was the was the version to play, um, and that the release that's on the currently on the Switch and Steam and whatnot is not it's fine, but it's not like the version to play. Uh, I heard through a clip somewhere that the developer said that no, no, this is the this is the best version that we've made, um, and we took all the basically the parts that we think should be in there and basically made the game better and i don't know obviously how true that is and none of us will until we check it out i guess in person but i'm i'd be curious if there's more developer interviews that kind of shed some light on Mm. what the decision process was for because you know these games to your point are so like ingrained in people's like love for them like tweaking them is like can be very controversial and i don't think atlas missteps really so like i feel like they've they've done this with the 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 general consensus is that it's from persona fans that i read yeah again i a small piece sure sure is that it's odd that they cut out this content right the my friend has said that fsc is not like a huge thing right to add to the game or not a huge thing to worry about he says the portable one is pretty big because it's like a whole another protagonist in there and it's a pretty significant part of sure. the persona 3 series the developer comment that i saw about it is they just wanted to make a game that was the original experience okay. they didn't want all that other they just wanted to create they wanted to concentrate on just recreating the persona 3 experience in mm. this new you know um way I, anyway i don't know i i don't have any skin in the game on these things it it, it does feel yeah. weird just from an outsider, not really knowing that many details. If you're going to rebuild a game that's been out for so long with all this extra stuff that you wouldn't really spend the time to like just make a game that has all that content in some same one experience. Yeah. Because if you now want to experience you, there's three different games again still that you have to play in order to experience the different content because portable doesn't have FSC. Reload won't have FSE and, you know, there, yep. you can't even play. You have to play FSE on, um, I guess, whatever, PlayStation, the original or Take 2? Uh, 2, I believe, yeah. Yeah. So um, just thought, that's all. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see sort of more of it. I, I, I think it's interesting how Atlas has done this. And I think the next game we're going to talk about is Persona 5 Tactica. Um, yeah. which is which is a tactics game. Um, I like that Jacob put in Fire Emblem style as if that's the de facto tactics style. That's but, how people have been describing it online. Really? Yep. 
That's an interesting description. That's where I, I picked it from. I wonder. It was fire. Emblem I wonder style. if that's because there's because um, fire emblem style would suggest that there's uh, and there probably is. They're probably right because there's going to be a huge amount of story outside of the game as opposed to just being a more of a yeah. tactics focused game. Yeah, um, it's Persona. I mean, we. I have a different view on this versus now that I played Strikers. Right, because like when when Strikers re- revealed, I was like, "Well, like I'm, not I don't for know, me, like yeah. that I'm going to be really into that game." But that game is so much more than just right. uh, whatever that Dynasty Warriors style game is. Like, yep. that's almost a not a thing in it. You know, it's a very right. minute. Right. So this will probably be very similar, I'd imagine. I, I'd I'd imagine they yep. they'd make it. Um, um, anyways, but, chibi chibi art style and looks amazing and continue to milk the Persona 5 as much as you want, Alice. I love all the characters. You can just keep doing it. It's yeah, so uh, Never released a friend Persona of mine six, were, he was joking about the different ones that they could come up with. Like, where's our Persona 5 farming sim? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know. Farming sim, uh, I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who would be the best farmer? I guess it would be um, uh, the lady from the uh, He suggested the you go shop, back to Joker's right? town. Which is oh. a farming town, and oh, then that's they great. all like learn to. Oh yeah. no, we could go out to the the psychics town because that she's from she's from like the the boon like from the like boon, the boonies, boonies, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Lovely. All right, moving on. Yeah. So lots of uh, lots of Atlas there. This sea next one's Thieves. weird. This one's weird. I don't know about this one. Sea of Thieves is getting the Legend of Monkey Island content added to it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I love Monkey that. Island. Me I don't. Too. I don't know that. Uh, I don't know. Where does, I, Monkey, I, where does Monkey Island fit into a playthrough for you? You still haven't tackled the new one. Um, it's it's definitely on our list to play. I I feel like maybe I was thinking about it today. Funny yeah. enough, because uh, mm-hmm. so we're in the middle of Zelda, and I was thinking like maybe maybe I'm gonna start splitting my time with Zelda because Zelda is one of those things. Is like if I really played as much of Breath of the Wild, like it's 250 hours. Like it's just yeah. gonna be going on for a long for, time, forever and ever. Yeah. So. I'm thinking that I might switch. I might introduce something like uh, there's two, right? Um, mm-hmm. That I want to play um, Monkey Island. Yeah. And uh, I always forget it. I want to say Inception, but it's not. Uh, inscription. Oh, I, it's I know not. what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, you're talking about I the, just see the, the fire. Live, the live uh, yes. video. The I can't fire. Video. Oh my gosh. You know what I'm talking about. I know exactly uh, what I'm talking about. The Netflix uh, game on that. Her on, story. Her, yeah. That's the one, her yeah. story. Uh, sequel to the sequel. No, I, they're not related, but you know what I mean? Oh my gosh. Why can't I think of it? Um, there are people who are listening to this screaming at me. Yeah. Trying to get me to say the name. Anyways. Yes. I've, I've thought about actually just kind of introducing that, uh, those games again. Uh, now that I'm kind of into Zelda and just, I'll, I'll keep playing it for a long period of time. Um, Okay, I really like the visuals of this next game, and I, I am kind of keen to see this one uh, next year, which is Dungeons of Hinterburg, which is it. It might be up your alley because it seems like a dungeon crawler to me. Um, it's cell shaded. It looks really beautiful. Um, it's like an action RPG with exploration, but it's the art. You're like in an alpine village. But it's like mixed with fantasy. So you'll like see gondolas and you could snowboard and all this stuff. But then there's like these dungeons and weird things. And it just looked really neat. I agree. Um, yeah, look so, cool. yeah. So I don't know. Dungeons Dungeons of Hinterburg, I, I thought looked. Uh, I think it looks looked amazing. Compelling. Yeah. Yeah. I think it looks really good. 
Next one, again, another one that looked really good. Uh, Jusant, J-U-S-A-N-T, Jusant. Um, Sorry, Immortality. Immortality, thank you. Thank you, Immortality. Started with an I. Yeah, Jusant Um, looks, Jusant looks strangely compelling. This is, okay, so this is from uh, Don't Nod, which is the developers around like Life is Strange, which is a long running series and they've done other ones um, as well, which is very much just like, those very heavy story based kind of mm-hmm. uh, games. Um, this is just an, they call it an action puzzle climbing game. Mm-hmm. But it, like from the trailer and from the description, it seems like a very like chill, just climbing game where it's mostly about you just climbing these cliffs and, you know, at your own pace and f- discovering different paths that you can take to get through this. And there is like a, a story. And, and mostly run discovery and figuring out what the, uh, some tower is about. But just like watching the visuals and watching you climb through this, it looked very cool. It yeah. looked very chill. It's just a action puzzle yeah. climbing game. Yeah, seems yeah. Cool. looks great. Like those chill games. I do um, like some chill games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of chill games, City Skylines yes. 2. I watched a video on it the other night and it was by okay. the guy. Uh, small, small, small break, completely unrelated. In the new Spider-Verse movie, yes. um, there is a Lego sequence. And they there was a kid out of Canada, 14-year-old kid, who recreated the trailer for the Spider, the original Spider-Verse show uh, movie okay. in, in Lego. They re, he recreated the whole trailer. Apparently, I haven't seen it. And they liked it so much. They're like, you need to come and produce content in this game, in this movie, rather. Yeah. And so he did. And he did it on his like spring break or something. Like he's like, I only, have, I only have this much time to do it. So he built, it's phenomenal. It's really well done, but it's so cool that they got this 14 year old kid out of like nowhere to like come and do this part yeah. of the movie. It was really neat. Um, I don't know why the City Skylines triggered that thought, but City Skylines too, I watched a video of the of the guy who created, well, I do know why. The guy who created the trailer for the City Skylines 2 um, trailer. Like he made okay. the city that's in the trailer. Okay. Um, and then he showed how he did it and the tools that you can use in it. And my goodness, like I remember getting really excited for SimCity when they did the big re-release of SimCity. Yeah. This this feels like that everything I wanted SimCity to be. And I don't know if it's it, it truly is, but like the amount of simulation in this game looks pretty astronomical. It's very exciting. Did you ever play Cities, City Skylines? I did. Like the yeah. first one? Yeah, I played okay. a bunch of it. And did you yeah. enjoy it? Really enjoyed it, yeah. And I really yeah. enjoy... I think the community around City Skylines is really interesting. And actually there's a whole community of people that are into like the Sim Coaster games um, that mm-hmm. and, and they like building theme parks and they actually meet up and they go to theme parks together to explore like theme parks. And I just, it's just a- Roller, roller just, Coaster Tycoon, man. Yeah, yeah, if, totally. Have you ever watched the developer talk yeah, about the recreation yeah. of that? It's yeah. insane. It's insane. When you think about how old that game is and like, how good it is and then yeah. you you listen to him talk about how they developed the whole thing like yeah. from ground up it's like yeah. crazy it is it is crazy and and like so the community there's there's some people that are there's a youtube channel called like um not a city planner or something there is he's, he's a city planner and he plays city skylines and other games like this and and it's just it's so like actually i saw somebody post up that they literally just turned this guy's youtube channel on to go to sleep at night um because he's just like 
and and you could say that's is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. But like, but and I do that with I've done that with plenty of things. But like the, um, just the idea that, like, just thinking about how you want to lay out a city and like putting it all together. Like, I think this just opens oh, so many doors. I think it's gonna be really wild. I don't need it at launch or anything, but I I'm so glad that they're like continually improving on that. Well, it'd be Game Pass game. Yeah, I think I might have to get back into Game Pass at some point when. Uh, when they, a lot of this stuff comes out. When a lot of this stuff comes out, yeah. And then the next yeah. game, I, I, I just sort of said yes to both of these games next to them and no other comments, but uh, Forza Motorsport. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know it's not the arcade game, but no. I, I would like to... Um, I, I'd hope that there's a, an accessibility option that allows us to play the racing again, because I really... Oh, that was so much Look back fun. fondly on Forza, Forza Horizon. Horizon. So, so many good nights. So good. Yeah, it was lots I of wish fun. We could, I yeah. wish there was a, a way we get back to doing something like That's that. That's where the Unimog came out, right? The Unimog, yeah. The Unimog, yeah. So many so many good moments in that game that we've So many had. good moments, yeah. Um, the yeah. Unimog, by the way, is a term that we uh, use for when somebody, we won't say who, um, <laughs> it decides to drive their Unimog through the other people and push them off the road. Yeah, just... Yeah, plow through everything. I, I may have been the driver of said yeah. bug, but <laughs> and that is now a term we play use in multiple games when someone just like <laughs> plows through things. You know, playing "Don't Starve" and lights our entire uh, base on fire and destroys yeah, just and flat. the whole thing. Yeah. Unimogged our entire base. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> also, thanks for revealing that that's happened. But okay, yeah, moving on. <laughs> Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven DLC looks Fan. pretty good. Phantom Liberty, yeah. yeah, coming out in September. Good yeah, time apparently. to it was good time to get it when like Starfield comes out. Yeah, perfect timing. And uh, and I think you didn't mention this earlier, but I think you were looking at maybe revisiting this game. Yes, yeah, I think yeah. I might try. Yeah, this um, the expansion looks good. I didn't I didn't really focus too much on it because I, I think I'll probably play it. But the uh, I th- I understand this this will help fill out things a lot. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, Should we talk about? Oh, is there any other ones? I don't think there's any. There's there's definitely there's a lot Path that was of revealed Goddess, on there, which looked really cool. But there's like there's yeah there's a bunch that are just like oh that looks cool, but I don't know like that yeah the art style not looked amazing, but yeah. Path of Goddess yeah. And there's, there's a lot just, of other ones that we we just don't have time to go through all of them right. But, well, um, if we want to talk about Starfield for more than 40 we need to seconds, talk then we need to talk about Starfield. I think yeah. So Starfield had a forty three minute. Uh, it was as long as the showcase ex uh unpacking and can we just talk about that fellow's golf hat that he wears in the office and uh, the golf visor because i love that that's just so great a lot of confidence <laughs> from that individual and the uh the offices <laughs> themselves looked just like an amazing place oh my gosh like what a yeah what a, i'm i'm sure it was in cleaner condition than ever but like it looks like it probably stays kind of like that and it's yeah. kind of an amazing looking facility um, yeah yeah for sure my goodness this i did a one 180 720 triple flip on this game because i didn't really even know what to think of it i thought i had no interest in this i wasn't sure if it was deuce deuce x i wasn't sure if it was deus uh ex, yeah. deus ex, sorry uh i wasn't sure if it was uh um what's that other game where you fly around through the planets uh, uh, no Man's Sky. No Man's Sky. I wasn't sure what game that says. I think it's all of them. Um, 
tell me tell me what you love and what you what you think you're curious about yeah i i mean like i said at the beginning I, this game was a um just a skyrim to me in space so i'm like okay well i really enjoyed skyrim um i you know uh i liked i mean that, that's a game that i've put like 150 plus hours into and i've barely scratched the campaign story because there's so much of the world to explore and side stories and people to meet and things that just happen in the yeah. world. Yeah. That is a really great experience. So I see yeah. that Bethesda is making a Starfield that is that in space. That's kind of how they presented it. Yeah. And I think, okay, well, like I, I would probably like if I get an opportunity to play this game, I'm going to play it. Sure. Um, the problem with space games generally is that in the, this day and age is that people try to like present it as like, there's the notorious one, uh, Star Citizen. Is it Starfield? what is it star citizen which is raised by the way i just want to rate i want to point it out here star citizen has raised 581 million dollars it's insane to me and that has been in developed people, for how many people years people have spent thousands and thousands of dollars on this game for starships and all sorts of things and i think the game is operational in some state i don't know how much of it's operational i see nothing on this game yeah like Outside yeah. of like, I know there's a community around it, but like, I don't see anything come yeah. out of it, to be honest with you. It was a notorious one that was like, uh, it promised the sun and then they just kept getting money from people and wasn't delivering. And I've, it's dropped off the radar. Like, but, and, that's, were, and it's at the, from the helm of the guy, uh, that made wing commander, I think, or was it the chair of wing commander games? Maybe. Um, no, I don't. Chris, Chris something or other, I think, um, the other interesting part of that is like, where like there are if there is live content like why do you not see it anywhere it's so yeah. it's so That's strange weird. and it's so but, much money and this but, but this kind of feels like some of the stuff they talked about doing but in one game that's coming out in september well this is the thing so so space games tend to lead, like the, like no man's sky was notorious it came out people were like mad because it didn't really deliver on what they expected but it's, it's good developed now, yeah yes it's developed it was a kickstarter it was a small group of people and it became a bigger and you've thing tried it and out. now it's yeah. a solid yep yeah. yeah i have that is a survival space game or survival slash exploratory space game where it's kind of just like go out and do things just figure out what you want to do What's crazy about Starfield is they present all these things that you can do in this game. And on top of that, it's a story RPG. So it's like it's a Bethesda story RPG with the expectations that there's a main campaign with all these different little side stories and experiences that you can do. So, you know, they first start off and go, okay, well, there's a thousand planets to explore, at least thousand plus planets to explore. Yes, some of them are barren with only resources, but there's they're like partially generated with handcrafted locations um that will kind of show up and then um so like it's a different experience for each player like you could go to the same planet as me and you'll discover things in a different way than i will because they're kind of created differently for you right so there are still handcrafted locations and experiences but it is still kind of uh it is still procedurally generated i wonder planet. if there's a seed like um so a lot of these games like uh, minecraft for example like there's a seed that you can um so for instance if you created a world of minecraft it would procedurally generate the world for you and it create this amazing world pretty remarkable what, it, what minecraft actually does to build that thing um but then you have a code it's a really long string of characters and numbers and if you give that to me my computer will create exactly the same world right um and i'm curious if they'll have, if they'll have something like that here well they say it's per planet 
It doesn't happen on your game. Oh. It happens as you discover the planet, it gets procedurally generated. Oh, that's right, actually. You know what? Yeah. I remember so they had they developed that. their yeah. own like method for doing it to create yeah, yeah. the number of planets they had to. They created a whole system to right. do this. And they, they claim it, yeah. it happens on discovery of the planet. That's right. Yeah. Um, there's like dynamic lighting based on the atmosphere and the type of star that's in the uh, solar system. So they show like, and the, the gases level of that are in there and stuff. It it felt a little hypey, to be honest with sure. you. Sure. And probably doesn't matter ultimately, but but, but cool anyways. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. But like then they talk about building outposts. So you can build outposts on your the different planets you find, um, which has like an isometric top-down view. So it's not like just like a first person building thing. It's like, okay, now you're in building mode and you can build, you could do first person building for specifics but like it's got its own building then you can assign companions and people that you find to work your outposts to gather resources for you and send resources to other outposts that you might have so there's a whole outpost system uh you can build your own ship you can buy ships you can steal ships but you can build ships yeah the shipbuilding looks like it gets very convoluted potentially but if you if you want it to it doesn't have to if be, you want but, to but yeah. what's crazy about it is you build the ship in like all these different modules and like there's sleeper modules and kitchens and all this stuff. And you can build out whatever you want. And of course, the funny thing that they built was like an Optimus Prime, like almost character out of them. But what's also kind of crazy about that is that is the interior of your ship. Shapes, your interior ship your interior. takes the form yeah. of the ship that you created rather than it just being an outside yeah, so thing. Cool. Yeah. Um, there's ship battles with like power control for your ship. So you can do you know, uh, you can board other ships and take them over and then fly them back and they're yours now. Um, you still got like the general skills and character traits. Um, companions will say your name. I don't really understand this, how this is going to work, but companions apparently will actually say your name. And they said Howard. Um, yeah, you know, I, I recall that. Howard. I mean, Howard. this isn't hard to do. I guess with AI, but, but then it's unclear. Like, so are they using... Well, so they, I mean, there's lots of ways you can, I mean, you can pre, pre-bake a lot of names in there, or you can just find a way to like do pronunciation. But the, um, I will say like my racing game, for instance, I have a pick crew that has like, there's a billion names in there. You just pick your name and now they're like, Hey, you know, Adam, go check that out. That thing over mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So like, I don't know. It's, I don't it seems cool to me. It's, okay. it's, it's neat for sure. I'm, I don't mean I'm, to, I don't mean anyways, to dispel the magic. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how will it work how could they no, but, possibly say so that? Yeah. what's kind of crazy is so like you see all these things and and you know normally the way this isn't this is presented for these type of games is like hey these are all the things we want to do and like you're going to be able to like explore every planet you can go to that moon you can do all this stuff and a lot like i look back at um uh good and evil 2 which we've heard zero about mm-hmm. um i'm pretty sure that game has been shelved um which i didn't believe it when i saw it it's one of these things where they present this like good and evil, which was a really good like action adventure. And then they made it into like this space adventure where you can go anywhere, go to any planet, do anything you want. And then you're like, OK, that's a weird jump for this series. But it's usually well before the game is even developed. So they make right. a lot of promises about where they want to go. The problem, this Starfield is being released in th- three months. Yeah, the game's Two, probably mostly done. It's, a, at this point, it's mostly right? done. And they've yeah. said that it was basically it's been po- in under polish for the well, last year. And you and I were talking about it and saying, like, this one got pushed by a year, right? So like yes. it's they've had a lot of refinement time to to make mm-hmm. it good, which is exciting. Yeah. So listen, it's cool. Like there's all these things you can do, and it seems like they're pretty well like thought out from what they showed. And of course, you see a presentation. I mean, 
at the end of the day, what is for me to enjoy Starfield, all these like build your own ship, you know, build your own outputs. That's a cool aspect of it. But what makes me want to play something like Starfield from Bethesda is the experiences that I have on those planets, the random encounters, the the story elements. And um, I imagine that they've put a lot into those because that's what they're known for. So I'm looking forward to that. Like, I don't care that there's a thousand planets. I care that there's, you know, a thousand experiences or that, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like different people that I'm going to fall into or different little things that are going to happen to me or these really interesting side quests that are actually compelling and fun to like do um, even outside of the general campaign. That's what makes the experience really fun. Um, It did boggle my mind a little bit that the number of things they were showing because they just kept adding and adding and adding to it. And you're like, wow, there's like a lot to this game. And I haven't even I haven't touched on like half of the things that they talked about in sure. 40 minutes. Yeah. But those are just some of the like kind of big things that they talked oh, about. Oh, I mean, I think the one thing that Jacob said to me after checking this game was uh, is that he wasn't sure how he felt about it. He felt like not that he wasn't going to play it, but that it felt really overwhelming. Yeah. And, and uh, it's it's a fair comment, I think, because the game seems just like a lot. And Jacob was was quick to say like, listen, I totally understand these shows are intended to sell you a product and so like there's maybe a little hype in some of this but but it's still a lot like there's just a lot in this game so how how good do they get it uh right now i'll tell you it does have i I wasn't sold in fact in watching the trailers for it i was like well whatever i'm just not i'm not going to play this game there's one very important feature that changed my mind jacob and what was that oh yes i know most important feature you could it's you can change between third person and first person Yep. And I was like, because there were some third person shots and I'm like, is this game is this game third person? Now that must just be like a scene where they're just showing what happens to your character. Nope. You can just alter between the two. Uh, I think that's pretty great. Mm-hmm. So I get to see my spacesuit. I'm excited. <laughs> you get to see your spacesuit. So yeah. now you're excited. I, I am. I'm, I'm super curious about the game. It doesn't feel like a game I could finish, to be honest with you. Like for me. I mean, I, just, I didn't. I didn't finish Skyrim. Yeah, but I well, you also poured a lot of time into Skyrim. But the sure. it just feels like feels like a lot. Is what it the feels thing like. with these games is like the way, like even Skyrim, like the number of hours people pour into that and like replay and like try different things and like they do. I mean, Skyrim is crazy. It is considering crazy. how many copies they sell and how many releases they keep going. And I mean, it's a running joke now, like where it's being released and where you're you can play it, but um. There's there's an aspect of the game that is built to be just almost like um, sandboxy RPG in a way, like just sure. what you choose to do in that game and like how you discover, it. and that's really what its point. So it's a difficult thing to like approach from a I'm going to play this game and I'm going to finish it because it's not it's you know you can't you can't do that. Um, but even like for me who's who I intended to go into Skyrim and finish that game. I did not finish that game. I spent so much time on other things yeah. that I have yet to go back and actually like finish what I went out, like the campaign or anything. So I have no idea even how that game ends. Um, and I, you know, but I like space. I like space games and I'm yeah. interested to see it. And I like, I do like the, like a lot of the fun things. I mean, in Skyrim, the one that always pops in my Wait, mind. Wait, you like fun things? Yeah, I like fun I like, things. I like fun things. 
well then you might like starfield because i perfect. think it looks fun perfect um but you know like skyrim had like a good one where you like go drinking with a guy i can't remember how it i can't remember specifically he just like convinced you to drink with him and then the, you wake up after like passing out drunk in a completely different town one that i had never been to and then the whole quest is retracing your drunken night and like discovering all these people who are like you're back here like i want to see your face ever again and you're like what did i do and like it's like a hilarious whole like thing and those experiences in that game has nothing to do with the campaign right but it's a really fun my friend talks about like oblivion he he likes oblivion better because he says there's a lot better side stories I haven't played it but you know there's a whole mis- murder mystery in a house you discover or something that you've got to discover who murdered who and it's like a really great like side story and that's what makes those games really good so sure. like that's the thing about these that like shipbuilding or ship battles to me is like oh yeah i mean that's kind of neat but it's really the you know the, the the stories that you find along the way anyways stories i we find i will be way. i feel like I there's be... a classic line here somewhere i can't figure <laughs> it out i i am looking forward to it it's a game pass game I'll, I'll have access to it in september i fully plan to grab it and play it when it comes out can we talk about the $400 uh, collector's edition that comes with a <laughs> digital watch and a, yeah. an amazing looking case for the watch, I might add? Yeah. 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 yeah it looks like a neat little watch you get to. It's the same watch yes. you have in the game, apparently. They came out with a lot of Starfield stuff. Um, I'm sure they did. Yeah. They had the Starfield uh, controller, headset, and the $400 watch in game. Yeah. It comes with the game, actually. It comes with the game. I know. Blizzard could learn Shocking. a few things. Yeah. Well, maybe when Activision joins Xbox, if that ever goes through, they'll they'll, might they'll start actually bundling games with their special yeah. editions. Now, I I say I like okay, so Diablo uh, Collector's Edition does not come with the game. Now, also, I don't think does the Zelda Collector's Edition come with the game? It does. Yes, okay. of course it does. Yeah, uh, which which is fine and makes sense. But I think when you have multi-platform, one of the problems that existed previously is like, oh, I'll, I want the PS5 game, but they only have the PC Collector's Edition in stock right mm-hmm. it's like that is a definitely a reality that is hit for people so i, wonder I if feel there's a bit of that like there's a solution for tell that me tell me more i feel like there's a solution for that like okay. we have abilities to um you know do kickstarters and do little things where you like you get a code for and you get to pick the console that you're going to get and they release a code so i feel like if they actually put the effort in you could have a, you could have a like a blizzard uh code or whatever that you could then claim for whatever console version you wanted whether it was pc or ps5 or and, xbox and actually truly i think there's I think... a solution for that because everything is digital there's a solution it's just that from it maybe from a distribution side it's a problem but mm-hmm. i think there's a solution to it i think i think you're right i think the attachment to a physical copy of some of the stuff is a little silly specifically when it's an online game um where it's not like a Nintendo game where in 10 years, if the system back end goes offline, I can still play it on my Nintendo device. It's these are these require the back end to exist in order to play. Mm-hmm. So if they if they don't exist, then what do I care? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Starfield looks good. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, it was a good uh, sure. presentation overall. Yeah, really, so. really fun. And I'm like, I like the depth. And actually, all talking about all this makes me want to go back and maybe check out some of the like, content I was talking about where. I saw the Giant Bomb crew and some other folks. I've I, I kind of fallen off listening to that group, although Jeff Grubb continues to be somebody I like. He, he does a lot of um, insider news stuff, and 
I think he was sort of at the helm for some of those conversations. So I'm curious on, uh, I'm sure some of the the juicy stuff has already come out in the news, but just the the sit down um, and listen to these people chat about their their process and their cycles of yeah. building these things is it's, it's fun. There was a couple that I watched. I watched an interview with Todd Howard on IGN that I thought was kind of interesting just to listen to him. I know it's him. He's the game director, so it's going to be kind of biased. But uh, And then the Digital Foundry uh, that I think I sent you. Um, just talking about, because there's a 30, P- 30 FPS limit uh, on yes. consoles. And that created yeah. an uproar. But it was an interesting conversation about the like the why that might be okay that, or yeah. the intention behind that so sure yeah. um uh, but they talk about a lot of different things within the game and the and what they thought saw from a fidelity and um even from just a gameplay perspective so it was just an interesting video yeah cool yeah all right i think we're all, all right thanks, well thanks everybody. everybody for joining yeah uh, it was a good chat on lots of things um and there's a nintendo direct coming tomorrow which is very exciting Mm-hmm. more cool. content to come more content to come for All sure right. all right till next time